Hello, world. I'm your host and game master, John Francis Taylor Jr. You know, toward the beginning of the global pandemic, some of my best friends and I started playing a lot more tabletop RPGs over the internet. It was a surefire way to lift our spirits and be with each other at a time when it was pretty much impossible to do either of those things. After a while, the stories we were creating with each other through these games were just entirely too much fun to keep to ourselves, so we decided to give recording and releasing them as a podcast a good solid try. Now, none of us had any experience recording or editing or performing, and it was certainly a unique challenge for all of us uh, teaching ourselves how to do the thing while simultaneously doing the thing. We are playing through Paizo's Carrion Crown Adventure Path for Pathfinder 1st Edition. Carrion Crown takes place in an area of Galarian known as the Immortal Principality of Ustalov, a grim bastion of civilization where harsh, fog-drenched landscape and a history rich in countless tragedies inspire a dark and ominous setting for this horror-themed campaign. By the way, this is a horror campaign, so that kind of means it's going to get dark, it'll probably get graphic, hopefully it'll get spooky, and that being said, while we may act like children, we talk like adults, adults that were raised by pirates. Fair warning. Uh, Well, without further ado, pull up a chair, sit on the floor, eat your spinach if that's your idea of a good time. Either way, enjoy episode one of Door to the North Presents Wake of Whispers. Good luck, have fun, boys. I refuse. Kick ass, take names, and take notes. Shit, I hope so. Why don't we go around the proverbial table and uh, introduce ourselves. Let's have your name, uh, and then maybe your character's name, class, race. Anything else you want to add? Go for it. Uh, Megan? Uh, yeah, I am Megan, and I am playing Laura Goodleaf. She is a halfling cavalier. And that's about that all sounds... I got for you. That's all we need. We're going to learn more about her. Um, Surat. Shit, I hope we learn a lot about all these characters, really. I mean, but that would be great. What about you, bud? So, do you you want me to start at conception, or uh, should we just jump to now? <laughs> you tell me. All right. Well, well, I don't know. Was I mistaken? Is this the right podcast? I thought we were talking about the full life of. You know, is that my? That's my other podcast <laughs> about my life. That's the documentary. Exactly. Oh shit! That comes later. Right on. Um, well, yeah, my name is Surat. I will be playing the half-orf cleric of Phrasma, Father Ozel. Excellent. 
And let's go to Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan Fitzgerald. I will be playing Stormak, the dwarf unchained monk, uh, perfect scholar. Is that an archetype? Yes. I thought you were going to give him shit for, like, you'd happen to tell him your class. <laughs> well, he's kind of dumb right now, so uh, telling you that he's a perfect scholar is more of a tease for later. Oh, well, that's fun. Cat's out of the bag now. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and then, last but certainly not least, Wesley. Uh, my name is Wesley. I'm going to be playing the elf Sidriel Azrenray, and uh, he will be starting out as a fighter. Ooh, classic. Can't go wrong there. So we're going through the Carrion Crown Adventure Path. Classic horror campaign. Um, hopefully you guys don't know much about it. Um, it's going to be scary. Super spoopy. I don't know shit, <laughs> but I, I'm excited. Going for spoopy. And... Um, Hopefully, we put on a good show for all you folks at home. And, uh... Who am I kidding? Of course we will. Look at this team. We're gonna do great. <laughs> oh, man. You gotta have some faith, man. <laughs> we got this. I guess I am the cleric of the party, so... I should have the most faith. Someone's got to. You got to have faith. I read that somewhere. Yeah. I think there's songs so. about that. <laughs> Well, we can get to know each other and our characters a little bit better down the road. Why don't we just jump right into it? Are we going to jump right in? Why don't we just dive right in? Nose first. Yeah. Um, so, let's go to the land of imagination. As I kind of set the scene for you guys here, Just remember where I am and what I'm doing. What year is it? Unfortunately, it's 2021. We're doing better this year. This year's better than last year. Ah, yes. Oof. Let's not even think about it. It's actually 4711. Oh, that's better. Um, that's way better. That's not actually the year uh, where we're going to start off with, at with this little scene. We open up from black on a dark stone corridor where a large staircase has just been collapsed, sealing it off with large debris. Several heavily armored men with spears and shields follow an older bearded man with a crossbow. Running, they look disheveled, wounded, and tired as they run down the dark hall. Warden! The prisoners are right behind us! Huck, tell me you've got a plan! The older man looks back at for a second and says, Now that the main entrance is sealed, we'll head to the lift. If we run like mad, we can make it out and bury the bastards down here. Behind them, down the hall, see a mad mass of crazed prison inmates spilling around the corner into the hall, climbing over each other, swinging from the rafters and impressing 
quickly on the guards. Move! Now! They continue running until they come to a massive system of chains and pulleys and wooden structure. The guards turn and set up their shields and form a barrier just in time as the prisoners catch up and all hell breaks loose. They're barely able to hold the line, fighting them back. Before they can signal the lift, a few remaining guards are overrun by rioting escapees as a hooded figure calmly wades through the chaos, separating prisoners like parting a sea. He waves his hands calmly at the warden, causing him to fall to his knees, apparently unable to move. He lowers his hood to look above at the guards at the opening where the lift is. Send down the lift, or your precious warden will be finding himself without a head. It's no use, Ferriman. They're too well-trained. They wouldn't risk scum like you getting out in the daylight. Not for my life or theirs. It would appear you don't know your men as well as you had thought. The hooded figure smiles as the lift begins to lower. His smirk quickly changes to a grimace, though as the lift comes crashing down the shaft at top speed, having been cut free from its counterweights. He barely jumps out of the way just in time with the warden, as the lift crushes several prisoners and the remaining guards in an explosion of wooden splinters. The prisoners go into a frenzy, storming the shaft, climbing up the chains, knives in their teeth. The panicking guards above in the opening start throwing barrels down to try and knock the prisoners free from the chains. Barrels crash down below, releasing this yellow liquid that flows through the corridor, hundreds of gallons. The warden, kneeling in the streams of liquid, struggling to move even the muscles in his face, manages to spit out, I swear to you, Ferriman, I'll make sure you never leave this place. If it's the last thing I do. Hooded man throws the warden to the ground, laughing, <laughs> Look at me. Read the writing on the wall, Warden. I will be free. I will kill again. I'll get out of here, and there's not a God's damned thing you can do about it. Just as he finishes this declaration, we see in slow motion a torch falling from the opening in the ceiling. It falls down the shaft, hitting the floor, igniting the yellow liquid that has been flowing through the corridor, exploding in a massive conflagration, completely immolating everything in its path, the warden and all the prisoners, the hooded figure. It fills the halls, the camera follows the flames backwards, up out the shaft, up to the upper levels of the prison. The remaining barrels are exploding, spreading the flames everywhere. Prisoners are running, screaming. Flames spread further, out a hole that was blown in the side of the prison. Camera follows the thick plumes of black smoke up high into the sky. And swirling black smoke starts to form words. Door of the North presents Wake of Whispers. Ooh, nice. That's pretty sweet, man. Awesome. I'm glad this is an edited podcast because I think I just shit my pants on on microphone. <laughs> All right, cut. <laughs> Clean that up. Literally. 
That was great. Wake of Whispers. Title drops real. Boom. Wait, so it's I think you did the thing. Title drop for book or what are we talking about? Uh, for the campaign. Oh. I like it. It's pretty crazy. Wake of Whispers. Wake. W A K E. Okay. If you happen to be taking notes at home, that's Wake of Whispers. <laughs> Call now and get two for the price of one. And then, as the plumes of thick black smoke, they quickly lighten and change into dusky gray rain clouds. Follow the rain back down towards the ground. What we see now is a long dirt road in a small, wet town horse and carriage is riding up the road toward the gates of a large cemetery. Outside of those gates, you see a small gathering of people. Nice effect. We see several finely dressed noble types talking with a wiry old balding man a rotund man with a small boy next to him and a beautiful young woman. Some of them have raincoats, some umbrellas, some are just standing in the rain. Most of them are human, except for several other characters. Uh, what is uh, what does this halfling look like, Megan? Oh, she um is took me by surprise, Johnny. Um, she is about almost three feet, if you ask her. She's almost three feet. She um, is 28 years old. She has blonde hair, gray eyes, um, and she wears a thick, a thick coat with a hood. Does she have anybody with her? She has a very large dog who's just standing in the rain next to her. Large large to her or uh, um, large in general? About a hundred pounds worth of Tibetan Mastiff. Oh yeah, that'll that'll do it. Yeah, that's a big boy. What color? Most, what, what's the color? Mostly black with a little <laughs> bit of uh, brown like markings. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. <laughs> oh, he's nice. I like or it. She, it's right? fucking awesome. Yes, she, lady this, is, this is Daisy. Daisy, everyone. Is Daisy wearing anything? Uh, currently, she is not Good question. wearing no? anything. No, oh. she's dressed down <laughs> okay. for the event. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about the dwarf uh, standing near her? Uh, well, he, he towers over her at four and a half feet tall, which is exceptionally tall for a dwarf, but he's still much shorter than almost all the humans. <laughs> um, uh, he, he's, he's pretty disheveled, uh, but, he, but he stands proud. Um, his uh, dirty robes are, are, are kind of washed clean by the rain, um, but they're just a brown color, so they still kind of look dirty and um, they, they bear an insignia um, 
that probably no one around here recognizes. And he carries a bag that looks like it has a lot of things in it. And um, he, he's smiling, kind of squinting, and um, just looking around. Even to a funeral, he's like carrying a backpack. Yeah, read the room. Uh, you like already? You ready to go? But uh, uh, it looks like he uh, is is just fresh off the road. Oh, welcome. Thank you. What about Father Ozel, the half work in the back there? Father Ozel, being uh, knowing about burial rites and such, uh, he's wearing the classic Farazian uh, funeral rite longs, so long black cloak uh, with a little bit of silver filigree on the outside of it uh, in order to signify the changing of life into death and the eventual... Uh, judging of your soul by our almighty lord. Appropriate. Or his almighty lord. Alright, and then Sidriel. The elf. So the elf is standing uh, kind of away from everybody, trying to uh, find a spot where he has a little distance, not really making eye contact with anybody. Um, Black hair pulled back into like a braided ponytail. He's dressed for the for the occasion of awake, uh, but just you know very nervously looking around. Uh, looks like he'd probably stand about six foot one, six foot two if he was, you know, standing upright presenting himself. But it looks like he's just trying to shrink away as much as he can. No. You may have noticed that I've brought you guys to the map. Uh, you brought us to a blackboard. Oh, no. <laughs> Take it to the grid. Well, you may not have noticed, but I have brought you to the map. Um, let me just flip on a little something. Something more comfortable. <laughs> let me just uh, ma- slip into something a little more visible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I just have to make it so your characters have eyeballs. Oh, I would like eyeballs. My bad. I mean, none of us described our characters as having eyeballs. That's true. You did that not, so I'm pretty sure that's canon now. I did say gray eyes. I mean, I, so I didn't I've even got really describe my character at all, other than what he was wearing. Yeah, so gray, so, like cataracts. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else uh, to say about him? Uh, no, not necessarily. He, uh, you know, he's tall, he's balding, he's older. He looks a little down on his luck, but he is wearing, you know... He's, he's showing up for this, and he looks solemn, because we're at a funeral, and I was requested here. Is, is he green and tusky? Oh, he's definitely green. He, he's missing a tusk, though, oh. ironically. Good old half-tusk. So, as this carriage pulled by a couple horses pulls up to the cemetery gates... Uh, it has a single man uh, steering it at the front in thick raincoat. He keeps his head down. And the side door opens up. And out of it exits an elegantly dressed woman, all in black, uh, with a veil over her face coming from a wide-brimmed hat. Uh, she has an expensive-looking umbrella, and she approaches the gathering of people. She gets a little closer, you can see deeply sad expression as looks like she's been crying profusely she says thank you all for coming 
warms my heart to know that there are still people in this town that cared for my father. She looks to the right at the four of you. As I cannot say that I recognize you four, but I can presume that you are the friends of my father's that we have been expecting. I, I must admit, I, I was fairly uncertain as to whether or not you all would attend. My name is Kendra Lorma. I cannot thank you enough for respecting my late father's wishes. My condolences, uh, fair lass. It's, uh, it's, it was sad to hear of your father's passing. Indeed. The professor was a good man. Sorry for your loss, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, unfortunately, uh, there is a bit of a favor that I must ask of you, as I'm sure the councilmen here don't want to get their hands dirty yet. You seem to be a little bit short-handed as to pallbearers uh, to carry my father's coffin in the procession. Uh, perhaps any of you might be kind enough or able to help. I would gladly carry Professor Lortimer to his final resting place. May Phrasma forever bless his soul in the spire. This is Lorimer, actually. But, but thank you. Whoopsie, <laughs> I only read the brief. <laughs> uh, perhaps uh, anyone else uh, think they would have the strength? It would be my honor. Uh, I don't think Flora's tall enough. Yeah, I suppose I could help. She... I'm not sure how the logistics here are going to work. <laughs> we carry it like a triangle. You know, you, one person on the front and two people on the back. And we, we give her a flag and she can <laughs> walk out front. The rotund man approaches and he's like, Kendra, I'll gladly help you. Uh, of course, uh, I will help. Uh, with the, the four of us, uh, we should be able to handle it. Uh, thank you, kind sir. What What is your name? I am Zokar. Pleased to meet you. Uh, Father Ozil will reach out and, you know, try to shake his hand. Uh, he, he'll shake your hand, and he'll offer it to the, the rest of you. Stormax shakes his hand heartily, yeah. He's like, don't you worry, wee one. Uh, we've, we've got this covered. You couldn't even reach the coffin. I appreciate that. It seems a little mean, but, you know, whatever. He's a rotund guy. <laughs> little one. Um, well, at least he didn't call you cute. So, uh, Kendra kind of goes back towards the carriage, and she's like, My father's just in here. If, if, if you all could take him out of the carriage, and we, we can begin. Sure, Father Father Ozil will go over there, and uh, I, I assume he'll be on the uh, you know the northwest corner. Well, then Stormac will uh, even it out with the southeast. Uh, he's right there by Father Ozil's side, um, ready to help out. Drops his bag somewhere. Not worried about it. I'll toss it over, Daisy. Um, yeah, just. 
I guess place your tokens on a corner and uh, Zokar will pick up the, the remaining one. Jeez, I hope we don't have to do a skill check. <laughs> Kendra takes her place uh, in front of the coffin and uh, it seems like everyone around kind of knows the deal and like takes up a place behind and uh, you kind of just follow Zokar's lead uh, and he picks up at a few paces behind Kendra as you take the ornate coffin on your shoulders it's much heavier than it looks and it's a little hard to keep a grip on in the rain Kendra takes a somber pace and heading down pathway of the cemetery slowly you guys make your way down a couple turns uh, looks like you're taking a long way around but after a minute you come to a group of people who are standing in your way in the path mm. And some of them are holding rakes and pitchforks, farm tools, and they look kind of angry. There's a little angry mob <laughs> handout. <laughs> angry mob of 13 people block our path. Okay. They've cut sickles, axes, pitchforks, burning torches, and scythes. <laughs> the torches went out because it's raining, oh, okay. so they're just clubs oh. now. They're just holding sticks. The, the, the standard uh, mob accoutrements. As you approach them, Kendra stops, and uh, one of them kind of walks up in front of the rest. Says, All right, that's far enough. We've been talking. We don't want Lorimer buried here in the wrestlings. You could take him upriver and bury him there if you want, but he ain't going in the ground here. Kendra's swift to respond, uh, her sadness quickly turning into anger. What are you talking about? I, I arranged it with Father Grimborough. He's he's waiting for us. He's good. The grave's already been hewed down. Get it, woman? He interrupts. We won't have a necromancer buried in the same place as our kin. We just won't. I'll suggest you move out or you still can. Folks is pretty upset about this right now. Necromancer. Do any of you react? Hmm. I, I exchange glances with the others, but um, I, I, I'm holding the co corner of a coffin. I can't do much. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, Father Rhodes will yell from the back because he doesn't want to set the coffin down either <laughs> as he's holding onto it. Um, but yeah, he will also chime up and say, uh, Excuse me, I don't think I have ever known Professor Lorimer to engage in any amount of necromancy. If we could move this procession along and we can handle everyone's concerns about it later. You want to give me a diplomacy? Uh, sure. Ooh, first die roll of the podcast is a not good diplomacy. <laughs> Ooh, it's a 15. 15. This guy looks at you. He's like, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing, Greenskin. No need to call names, but, uh, ouch. <laughs> He's like, 
Alright, we're putting an end to this right now. Come on, boys. And you see a few of them are backing up, not wanting to get involved at this point. But the six or, or so up front start approaching you with their implements of destruction drawn. Why don't we roll for initiative? Ooh, damn, already? All right. What were you going to say, Megan? I was just going to... Uh, she was going to walk up threateningly, but uh, this is as far as I got. So I tell you what, um, anybody else, uh, if they want, they can try a diplomacy or, or an intimidate. Um, mm. As long as you role play it. Can I roll for nervousness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if it wasn't raining, you could visibly see like his hands, Sidriel's uh, uh, hands, getting sweaty and clammy. Nice. I don't know. I don't know how to role play <laughs> We could, we could visually see that. Yep. <laughs> as opposed awesome. to audibly see it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I really enjoy that. That's awesome. Well, well, what is Flora doing to try and like make them back off? Um, walking up menacingly with her large dog and just sort of scowling at them. She hasn't said much since she got here. Hold on, it can be saying something too. I know, but she she's not saying since he got okay. here. Okay, call a bunch of She's gonna growl at them. She's just kind of like she's like super sad, but also kind of pissed that this is happening. But she doesn't have much to say yet. Yeah, emo- emotionally taxed at this yeah. point. I mean, I'm sure Father Lo- Father Ozel is too. You know what I mean? Let's have an intimidate roll. Um, you're not gonna believe it, but that's a natural twenty, and my intimidate is plus Ooh. five. Ooh! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> nice, nailed it! Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Alright, so you see, uh, maybe you can come up and Daisy's growling or something. Uh, they see you. I'm trying to think of why they would be afraid of you. This... Are you armed? I mean, she's always got her handy dandy fucking javelin on, <laughs> on her back. A, a javelin? Handy <laughs> dandy uh, javelin. So maybe, or a lance. so maybe you drew your weapon. Yeah. Is it the lance? She drew her weapon and and walked up behind the lady as like a support sort of so position. When you do that, a couple of them take off. They're like, nah, never mind. That's not what I signed up for today. Oh, I didn't I didn't sign up for no midget wrestling. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty good. <laughs> and then um and then we can roll for initiative, <laughs> if you haven't already. So that's a 20 for Sidriel. That's an 11 for Stormak. I got a 9. Uh, that's a solid 7 from Father Ozel. It's not great. Alright. Zokar, what say we put this coffin down? <laughs> so... Putting the coffin down is going to be a full round action. So it'll take your whole turn. Uh, Zokar looks at you and he nods. But he looks, he's got an angry grimace on his face like he's ready to go. Good. So I totally didn't uh, 
think we were going to be fighting people at a funeral, um, which is dumb of me, but can I ride Daisy without a saddle? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can ride without a saddle. I think you just get a bonus if you have, like, a, a riding saddle. Okay, but, like, as far as getting on and, like, taking and fighting, it, it doesn't really have much. Okay. You can just hop right on there. Okay, good to know. Oh, there's no saddle out of uh, respect for the dead, huh? She was just, she was just hanging out. It's rude to wear a saddle to a funeral. Uh, I'll, I'll make, I'll make a, I'll make a note. <laughs> would, would you wear a saddle to yeah, a funeral? I mean, would Have you, you ever seen anyone to... wearing a saddle to a funeral? <laughs> Probably. I've never seen a mount go to a funeral, so I don't. I've never been to a funeral without a saddle on. <laughs> there, there you go. It all evens out. Okay. Well, you know. He's also never been to a funeral without go. his gimp suit on, so you know. They go together. It's kind of weird, but I'm into it. Uh, anyways. Citriel is up first. Uh, Citriel's gonna begin that full round action to gently set the coffin down. Alright. Yet Stormak and Zokar seem like they're on the same page to try and do it all at once. And then... One of these douchebags runs up. He attempts to smack you on the head with the backside of his hoe. That dude looks like somebody from the show Entourage, straight up. Kinda does, doesn't he? I mean, he looks like a douchebag. You're right. <laughs> um, that's a natural three. <laughs> um, for a zero. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so I think he misses. Stormak smiles at him politely. <laughs> uh, so he comes up, s- tries to swipe the legs. You maybe you hop right over him easily. This next guy goes up and he's just got a club. It's a torch that had gone out in the rain, and uh, he attacks. Man, that you. guy looks like Lurch <laughs> from the a- from the Adams family. Oh yeah, he looks looks. Uh, he's got a real dumb look on his face. Where did you get these fucking tokens, man? These are amazing. He runs up with his club. He's like, not in my town. He looks like he would say that. <laughs> and Straight up. That's a five to hit. Um, no. But do I get any sort of opportunity attack because he ran up to me? You have your lance out? Yeah. So you're going to attack him with your lance? Um, but like with him running up to me. Yes, if you uh, if if you would like to attack him with your deadly weapon. Oh, oh, am I not supposed to do that? <laughs> I, no, you can do whatever you think Flora would do. You could take a minus. You could take a minus to your attack to try to use it. Can I just it, fucking uh, dog him? Can I dog him with it? Like yeah, you can me? attempt to do non-lethal for minus four. Okay, minus four to attack. Mm-hmm. As you're trying to use your deadly weapon in a way that is not deadly. Okay. So, like, using the off end or, like, hitting him with the side of your lance so yeah. it try to knock knock him out instead of actually wound him. Okay. So, uh, that is 13. That's gonna hit. <laughs> so, yeah, I just use the flat end, not the flat end, but, like, it, it's coming down instead of poking, you know? But, like, on the top of the head. Donk. Donk. He's like, oh, oh. He... <laughs> For how much damage? Uh, six. 
Give him the good old bonky dog. Bonky dog's there to deal with horny dog. <laughs> that is four. Yeah, he gets bonked on the head right as he's charging you and, and misses with an attack and kind of circles his head around for a second like he's dizzy and then falls back on his back into the mud unconscious. Nice. Oh, damn. First attack of right the on. adventure path. First attack oh, the of the podcast. Yeah, one hell of a bonk. <laughs> you nailed yeah. him. Hit the shit out of him. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Zokar behind you is like, Yes, little one! That was very nice! <laughs> one down. Kendra is going to run this way. This guy saw you take down Charlie. Charlie? And he's gonna charge, yeah. Charlie, really? Is that is that the name we're going with? I'll charge you for Charlie. <laughs> wow, these guys are rolling. Shit. And I dog him too. <laughs> That's a four. And no, you already used oh. your attack of do opportunity you, do you for have this combat round. Reflexes? I don't know. Where would that be? It'd be a, it'd be a no. A that means no. no. So combat reflexes lets you take as many attacks of opportunity as your dexterity modifier, I believe. Oh, Correct. That's per cool. per round. Um, so put that so on he your wish list. Runs up, rolls a four, and then yeah. St- Stormac is up. Okay, you, did you say putting down the coffin is a full round action or a standard action? A full round. All right. Well then, there we go. That's what I do. And then, what does Father Ozel do? Father Ozel will also begin putting down the coffin as a full round action. Can you draw? Because it? it'd be weird if he action. was just holding one corner of it. You know, that'd be fucking weird. Look, he's right. just standing there holding the corner of his coffin, like, guys, what are you guys doing? So a couple guys have charged the group and missed terribly, um, and. At this point now, all four of you are able to set down the coffin gently. And it's Flora's turn. Um, so is mounting a mount a full action, standard action, move action? I just tried to Google it and could not find it. Mounting or distant mounting normally is a move action. Okay. All right. So Rules she... for Wesley. Yes. She uh, whacked one guy, ducked the other guy, and left on Daisy, um, and tried to donk this guy again. <laughs> or no, right. this new guy. Donk the new guy. Donk a donk. Yeah, knocking people out with your lance. I did also find an update to the saddle question. You take a minus five penalty on ride checks to uh, ride bareback. Oh, okay. That's neat. An eight to hit? Yeah. That's gonna miss. Okay. And you're on Daisy now? Yes. Alright. Isn't she cute with her tiny little token? You hear Kendra in the back yell, Gibbs! Call your man off! This is ridiculous! My father's lived here for years! And uh, the man that came out and spoke, the red beard, answers. Uh, He says, I don't want to hear it! Take him somewhere else! And he comes up and attacks Zokar with his rake and hits. He knocks Zokar out. 
he falls into the mud in the rain. And then he looks over at Flora. Didn't he provoke from Flora right there? Hmm. Did he? Flora's turn just passed, so she's ready to make a uh, tax of opportunity again. Make another dog. So here's the weird part, is is she was technically flat-footed because that was her turn, so she couldn't have oh, done that yeah, anyway. true. So call to wash and just move on. We already messed up, guys. We're, this whole thing's a wash. Like, let's just quit. Shut it down. Start over. Yeah, fuck we it. Messed up. Shut it down. Shut it down. We're, we're failures already. <laughs> we forgot something about a game that has a 500-page <laughs> rule book. Oh, no. We made a mistake in the rules. Uh, we should just quit. Yeah, never mind. I don't really want to do a podcast. <laughs> this guy in the back starts running around the side trying to flank the group, and then it is Sidriel's turn. Uh, Sidriel is going to move to here while drawing his bow, and he is going to pull out one of his blunt arrows and try to shoot, uh, what did you say his name was? Gibbs? Gribbs? Gibbs. Gibbs. So, yeah, seeing that the Kendra, that this guy kind of seems to be in charge, uh, that's who he's going to fire his bow at. Okay. That'll be a nat one. Ooh, first fumble. I think I got to roll to confirm it, right? And it would hit, so that means it doesn't fumble, I believe is what we settled on. Yeah, so if you roll a fumble, if you roll a natural one, re-roll it to confirm, and if it's still a miss against that AC, then it's a fumble. And the opposite right, is like true like a, for crits. Right, exactly. Okay. So yeah, I just fire one, you know, I don't get a good grip on the bow from the hands being both sweaty and rainy, and just kind of loose one off into the air. If you're taking notes at home, that's confirm fumbles. And uh, go ahead and mark that off your character sheet as it flies into the lake. Then guy that just completely missed at Stormac is going to take another shot with his hoe. That's a Thundercats. Oh, it's got a little Thundercat symbol on it. It's a guarding tool. <laughs> um, that one is a, a 17. Ooh, look at you. Yeah, that'll hit. I actually hit somebody. Yeah. Look at that. All right, here we go. That's going to be four non-lethal damage. All right. <laughs> nice shot. This guy is going to attack Flora. That's a 15. That will miss. All right. And then we're back to Stormac. You just got thwacked on the head. Yeah. Uh, Stormac will go ahead and um, take a five-foot step, putting himself between these two town's idiots, um, putting himself into flanking position, and um, say... He who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. And uh, we'll go ahead and unleash a little level one flurry of blows. Ooh. So, like, like you do. Yeah, as one does. So I'll start with the guy on the left and uh, hopefully knock him out in one punch. And if I do, then I'll move on to the guy on the right. Uh, that's very optimistic. Here's my, here's my roll. Ooh, both are definite misses. An eight and a nine. So, yeah, I confidently move into position and uh, just do a double whiff. You did awesome. 
you set yourself up for greatness. That's for sure. <laughs> Can only get better from here. Exactly. Sorry, the flurry machine is broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that done. Is, well done. Terrible joke. Boo. <laughs> Uh, Alright, Father Ozel, what do you got? It's your turn. Do you know why that's a bad joke? Because the flurry machine is always broken. It's all, and, and that's why it's a bad joke. you got to keep the monk alive. You can't like uh, tell him that the flurry machine's always broken. Don't worry, we'll never hear that joke again. Oh. Every time I go to McDonald's, the flurry machine is broken. Oh, well, that, well that'll bring it back. Then you'll have a little uh, memory of this moment. But uh... yeah, Exactly. All right. Well, um, Father Ozel, Father Ozel is experienced. He he doesn't entirely understand why the professor is getting so much pushback because he's always viewed the professor in a positive light. So he is going to move as far as he can, which I believe is just to the north of that guy, which okay. I don't think will provoke. Right? You're good. Yeah. Did he knock that guy out? He knocked our friend out. Yeah. Zokar is unconscious in the mud. Ooh. Rough, yeah. I mean, I, I just met Zokar, and he's, uh, you know, Father Ozel's, he, he's for good, so he doesn't want to see his friends fall, so he'll step up. Um, he is unarmed, and he does not have any armor on, because this is a funeral. I guess he wasn't really expecting pushback, necessarily, but he will uh, throw a punch at uh, this guy for, you know, hitting his, hitting his boy. That's my boy. As far as he knows, I guess. Brotherhood right. of pallbearers. Yeah, the Brotherhood of pallbearers. He can't attack that guy. And uh, it's uh, he, he is definitely going to miss with a five. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, this is all very strange to him. It's not like any funeral I've ever been to. <sighs> yeah, he's just trying to, you know, shepherd his buddy's soul across the River of Souls to Phrasma, man. Then we uh, come to Flora. Yeah, I'm gonna keep swinging this lance around like a club, and I'm gonna try to take out the redhead leader man over here. So, 14? Is that with the minus 4? I have minus 4. For trying to use it as a non-lethal weapon. Oh, okay, no. That is uh, 10. Oof. That's gonna hit... Oh, hey, wow. So that's four. Uh, nine. Nine non-lethal damage. Against which one? Um, redhead guy to the north, next to Ozil and our unconscious friend. Alright, the one that Kendra called Gibbs. Gibbs, correct. Uh, he takes a massive bonk to the head, but power, he's still, power still standing. <laughs> <laughs> we discovered the AC of these very dangerous enemies. I would like to point out that if there's any people listening from England, this is going to sound much dirtier than it does to us. What does bonk mean in England? What do you think it means? Fine, we'll change it to snog. <laughs> it means fanny pack, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I'm just gonna go snog that guy over with my lance. I mean, that seems pretty... It's a little dirty, for sure. Snog him right in the bonk hole. Bonk exactly. two guys so exactly. far, and we just got here. While riding on a dog with no saddle. 
Oh my god. Uh, let's get weird. Let's get weird. <laughs> Isn't that a Neil Young song? I'm sure it is. It is now. It's what? Canon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna snog you in the bonk hole with my lance. I don't oh remember that god. one. No, riding on a dog with no saddle. Oh. Either one really could be. Who knows? I think it's kind of mix and match. I went to a funeral on a dog with no saddle. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> get snogged in the ball. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this is getting bad. You're still using it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. All right, so the bonky is going to rebonk back at ye. <laughs> if you bonk somebody, you want them to bonk you back. I mean, it's only polite. That's a natural twenty. Oh, I wish I had brought that up. Okay, uh, yeah, that'll hit. Um, he does not confirm with a two. No, thank God. Um, but he does seven damage. Non-lethal. So, how much non-lethal damage do you have, and how much hit points do you have? I have twelve hit points, and you just gave me how much non-lethal? Seven. I don't know what that means. So, when your non-lethal damage matches your total hit points, mm-hmm. uh, I believe you're staggered. Uh, so you can only take one action per round. And then if it goes any lower, you become unconscious. Uh. Cool. Uh, so then, this guy takes a five-foot step up to Stormak and hits him with a club. Tries to. That's going to be a 14. Okay, he hits me. <laughs> For three non-lethal damage. Okay. He's like, we don't take kindly to your types around here. Dwarf races? You don't take kindly to pallbearers? I see that. And then it's Sidriel's turn. So Sidriel's going to take aim at Gibbs again and try to uh, rapid bonk. <laughs> 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 Rap- rapid bonk? Is this a thing now? You know, I'm gonna really have to look this word up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of it. into it. So the first one's gonna be a seven. Second one's gonna be a seventeen. Oh yeah, the second one will hit. Non-lethal and a minus two from uh, rapid bonk. <laughs> nice. Damn it, Wesley. <laughs> so the second shot will hit, and you're using blunt arrows. I am, and you'll take four bludgeoning damage, non-lethal. From a uh, blunt arrow to the side of the dome. Damn and dog. that was Redhead? Yes. Alright. He takes it to the side of the head and just falls sideways into the mud, unconscious. Five foot step back. This guy, him and his buddies are just surrounding Stormak. You have one of these guys on three sides of you. That's gonna be a 20. <laughs> That'll hit. For two non-lethal damage. Okay. Then, buddy right next to him, they're just going in a circle, just taking beatdowns on you. That's a 16. Okay, that'll hit. For seven non-lethal damage. Okay. That's more than my HP. (laughs) Yeah? Are you unconscious now? I guess so. That, yeah, that was uh, max damage on that last one. <laughs> uh, you're not dead, though. No. Just really sleepy. That is not okay. How are we going to carry this casket? 
So these guys just surrounded Stormak and started beating down on him. And he's laying on the ground. Uh, that's all that you can tell. Wait, from, uh, did Sidriel take out one of those three guys? Who who went down in the mud? Gibbs. The redhead. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I see that. I thought he had went down earlier. Um, okay. Father Ozel, you just saw your new dwarf friend. Take a few good hits and go down. Yeah, Father Ozel's pissed now. He is not happy. Um, he is going to step up in front of uh, the other lurch, the other dude with the five head. I mean, he, he has a giant head. Am I not right? Five head? That's a, that's a pretty big head. <laughs> yeah, at least that joke landed. All right, not that guy, the other guy. There's a lot of foreheads around, running around here. <laughs> exactly. Well, that guy has a five head. He's going to step straight up and say, uh, You are defying Phrasma's will. Let us bury this man and get on with our lives. We will all be judged at the end of the day. He, like, grasps something under his shirt. Uh, it looks like maybe a, maybe a holy symbol. Well, then if he, if he grabs his holy symbol... Because Father Ozil knows what a, a holy symbol would be, and he, he thinks to himself that this guy is probably has some type of religious background, but... It's not really going to stop his fist from flying at this guy for beating up my buddy Snorbag. Stormak. <laughs> Stormak. <laughs> Thank Stormak? you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yes, I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> what? Snormag? Stormak. Thank you. Just kidding. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just fucking with you. My cool, bad. Cool. Stormak. His buddy Stormak. Would have been nice to, like, before we did anything, like, maybe have some cue cards. If only we'd had two months to talk about these characters before we started playing. You can say his name on the token, can't you? Yeah, yeah, I I don't really care. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to get in character, so I didn't read all your guys' names, right? So I can, we can, uh, you know, 15 to hit? Probably hit. No, awesome. Ooh, I think that is uh, six damage. Yeah. This guy takes a punch to the face and you one hit KO. Oof. You should have listened to me. He looks surprised. Um, Flora. The tides are turning on this battle. Your friend is still... I guess you're not really friends yet. Your new acquaintance <laughs> is face down in the mud. Oh, face yeah. down. Right? Thanks. Thanks, John. <laughs> He's probably drowning right now as we speak. In the mud. <laughs> <laughs> then I will just um, swing my enormous stick around some more. And uh, hit this. Uh, other guy that's right next to me. Um, that's a 17. Nice. Robert De Niro from Taxi, I can see that. A uh, 17's gonna hit. Great. And then that is, uh, 
four damage. You bonk him to bed. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else, and I like that. You bonk <laughs> him to bed. To bed. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you bonk him to death, and I was like, oh no, with the new with the new definition of bonk, maybe we shouldn't say that. <laughs> you fuck him to death. Oh, is that what it means? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, what? Are you, are you, are you kidding me? I didn't understand what we were talking about before. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I was hitting things with wiffle ball bats. <laughs> oh man! So there is one guy standing, and he just saw you—you you guys take out like three of his buddies in in one round, and. He looks behind, and all the people that were behind him are all gone now. They have run off. And he attempts to do the same. Do you, you want to take an attack of opportunity? You're going to let him go? I'm going to let him go. He's 10 feet away from me. I can't. You got the reach weapon. I got, I got the reach, but like... What do, what, am I, can I hook him on the back of the shirt like a cartoon? <laughs> to like stop him from leaving? Yeah, like lift him off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you can just hit him in the head like you've been doing. Can I? <laughs> uh, you can roll a grapple check. Uh, so <laughs> your your combat maneuver bonus will be the bonus you add to your d20 roll. Your CMB. <laughs> or you could just hit him in the head like you have been doing. <laughs> your face is in the dirt. CMB is right plus here. two. Okay. Yeah. All I hear from you are bubbles. Bubbles okay. come up in Okay. He's probably dead. Dead? He drowned like three rounds ago. That is a 12. That'll hit? Great. So I just, like, hook my, my lance in the back of his shirt and lift him up, and his little legs are running in the air. Like a. <laughs> He's like, oh, let me go! And uh, I'm going to say we're out of initiative. Well, uh, I'll, I'll flip Snorback over for sure. So he can breathe. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him drowning in that puddle of water. That doesn't sound like a good idea. Is he breathe? He's still breathing, I imagine. Oh, definitely not. He's not breathing? <laughs> yeah, he's breathing. I will, uh, brush the mud off of a, his face and pull him to a drier spot slightly. And uh, Father Ozel will walk over to Flora and uh, tap her on the shoulder as she's holding this man up by a lance, which I'm not exactly sure the physics on that, but I'm highly impressed. I'm super strong, actually. <laughs> That's amazing. She is stronger than you look at her and tap her you know gently place my hand on her shoulder and say um, young one it is uh, it is a sad tragedy of life that you see men who have lived there the length of their lives without deepening their breath maybe we should just let this one go and finish doing what we came here to do Kendra what would you have us do Yes, he probably knows not what he does. Uh, 
easily influenced buffoon. Just let him go. We need to finish the procession and just get this over with. I'll put him down and say, Daisy can reach the fence in 30 seconds. How fast can you go? <laughs> Ooh, nice. And he'll start booking it. Like, oh, 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 God. It's a big dog. Big dog. And, um,. Kendra comes over and she places a hand on Zokar and uh, he comes to and starts spitting out some mud and then moves over does the same thing to Stormak and uh, you gain six hit points. So Stormak does the classic, uh, he sits up <clears throat> sits straight up and he says, did we win? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes, my dwarf friend. You fought bravely. That man just hit harder than you did. So I've never been to a funeral in Usulav before. Is this a, uh... Is this like a ritualistic thing? Is this... Is that supposed to happen? <laughs> she laughs a little bit. She's like, no. Unfortunately, there, there are certainly some small-minded people in Ravengrow. I, I didn't think any hated my father that much. But few really understood what he did with his time. He was great. Did you ever read his books? Oh, yes. Can they not read? Is that is that what it is? <laughs> hey, man, if, if, if those kids could read, they'd be really upset with you right now. She's like, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if they could not. If you're still filling up to it, uh, if we could... Grab the coffin and make our way to the grave. I'd like to get this over with. Stormax steps in and says, We all are making our way to the grave. Uh, Father Ozil will take up his position back at his northwestern corner of said coffin. Step gingerly over the unconscious bodies of the other guys. Yeah, we'll drag yeah, them out of the they're... way. They're clearly in our okay. way. So you drag the bodies out of the path and just leave them there, I imagine. Kendra doesn't bat an eye. She's like, this serves him right. Well, Stormak makes sure that they don't drown in mud. That'd be For sure. Terrible way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good good man. Good looking at <laughs> He kinda he kinda like pats him, like, good fight, lads. Uh, that's not my that's not my accent. <laughs> <laughs> so you make your way to the grave and you see the people that were kind of straggling behind they fell back even more once the fight broke out uh, they start to trickle in behind you and as you come there's a deep grave dug into the ground with a very nice looking gravestone there stands a priest with two men with shovels just standing in the rain And um, the procession is led up to the grave. The men with shovels help you place the coffin into the grave. Kendra walks up in front of the grave, and um, everyone is kind of just standing around. And she begins to speak. She says, Thank you all for coming. 
paying respects to my late father. He was a great, brilliant man, as I'm sure you all know if, if you're still standing here. She, she started to cry. I told myself I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't, can't bring myself to speak at the moment. And she starts weeping and, like, goes to the side. She said, Father Grimmer, please priest kind of pats her on the back and walks her to the side and he comes up and takes a stand in front of everybody good afternoon I am father Thorin Grimborough here and now dear friends we are all Phrasmus children what we shall be has not been revealed but we know when she appears, we shall be judged by her. For she shall see us, sir, as we are. Those who are not pure know that all who live and have lived must face her judgment. O Phrasma, who gave us birth, you are ever more ready to hear than we are to pray. You know our needs before we ask, and our ignorance in asking. Give to us now your grace, that as we shrink before the mystery of death, we may see the light of eternity. Speak to us once more your solemn message of life and death. Help us to live as those who are prepared to die. When our days are accomplished, Enable us to die as those who go forth to live, so that living or dying, our life may be in you, and that nothing in life or in death be able to separate us from the destiny we all must face. Flora lost the plot of this a while ago, and she's just kind of looking around. Stormax just nodding, like he agrees with everything that guy's saying. Like he understands every bit of it, smiling, nodding. And as he's kind of droning on, the camera pans up into the rainy sky, and we cut back to the gates of the cemetery after the the rest of the uh, the funeral. A few few more people came up and spoke. Uh, presumably, maybe even some of you. But at the gates, a couple, everyone's kind of standing around, and Kendra comes up. She says, I believe the letter we sent to you um, mentioned that you are to be present for my father's will reading. Is that correct? Yes, young one. We, uh, I have traveled a long way for the passing of his soul. I might as well stick around for his will reading. Yes, I received, I received that as well. Yes, well, if you follow me, I will show you to my father's estate. Uh, I guess my estate now 
Horus, Adivian, and, and she looks at uh, two of the other older gentlemen there. It's like, you are to be present as well. You know, the man she called Horus is an older, kind of wily-looking man with, with a weird pair of metal goggles, bald head, and a big, bushy mustache. Adivian is a man in very fancy dress and a tall top hat. Horus says, Yes, of course, my dear. I will, I will, of course. I wouldn't have it any other way. Divian kind of tips his hat and starts walking. And Kendra motions for you to follow her to her house. Okay. We do so. Stormak thanks Flora for picking up his bag and retrieves that. As you leave the cemetery, you come down along dirt road into town. Uh, pass by some some farm land, a couple large, fancy-looking houses, a couple farmhouses, until you come to the Lorimer Estate. Can you see this map? Yes, looks good. Looks good. Um. Come now, let's let's get out of this rain and get nice and warm and dry. Thank you. As you enter the house, it's a rather it's a large home, uh, two stories, um, but of modest decor. Uh, there's lots of bookshelves uh, lining all of the walls. Uh, books everywhere. Uh, to your left, as you come in the large front door, there is a spiral staircase leading up. Yeah, Sidriel just kind of immediately walk as soon as he gets in and sees the bookshelves, starts just like rummaging through and looking at all the different titles. <laughs> Define rummaging. <laughs> just like, like like pulling them out of the shelf, like opening them up, taking a look in there, popping them back in, going to the next one. Just Jeez. helps himself to the bookshelves. So he's not even think to ask. <laughs> Stormak watches that, uh, interested. Like you just see this like look of like awe and wonder as soon as he walks in. Like, oh my god, look at all the books. Stormak smiles and nods. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't partake with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Kendra smiles at that and she doesn't really say anything um, about you going through the books we can uh, retire to the dining room and uh, councilman Hearthmount should be here momentarily um, I believe Horace and Adivian are already there waiting I've got a fire going it should be nice and warm and she heads into a room uh, to the east down the hall you guys get dried up feeling much better. There's a huge, two huge fireplaces going in this room. It's nice and toasty. Um, she sits down next to Horace and um, they start getting on a little bit. And she's like, please uh, make yourselves at home. Uh, like I said, the councilman should be here any moment. He's, he's never really late. Stormak will introduce himself to Gary Oldman from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, 
What's that guy's name again? Uh, this is Adivian. Adivian. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, I am Stormac. Ah, Adivian. The pleasure is all mine, I'm, I'm sure. Um, a friend of uh, the professor's? How did you know him? Uh, briefly, in, in Yonderhof. Oh, a fascinating city. I have spent a little bit of time there. Nice to meet you. Yes, of course. And, um, he kind of takes that and just looks aside. He's looking at a book that, uh, looks like he picked up off the shelf, too. And you hear the front door open and some footsteps. And, uh, Horace is like, oh, that's, that should be the, the wide fella now. Kendra's like, oh, Horace, shut up. They laugh a little bit. Until he's trying to, like, lighten the mood and, and make her laugh. Uh, she's had a little bit of a rough day. A few seconds later, a large man comes in the door. And uh, he's still wet. He's dripping. Kendra's like, fashion? Right on time, as always? She's like, yeah, yes, well, business as usual. Uh, I... My condolences, I, I hope you're doing well. Yes, thank you. He's like, well, if, uh, if we could get this started, I'd, I'd like to get it over with. No offense. Like, yes, uh, well, me too. Kendra motions, like, please uh, have a seat. And Vashian Hearthmount, um, apparently a councilman in Ravengrove, as you've heard Kendra say. Uh, he produces a scroll case, um, and it shows a wax seal that is unbroken, and he shows it to the room. It's like, you, as you can see, it is a professor's noted personal seal, unbroken. And he pulls out a little letter opener, and he breaks the seal. As he does, a small iron key falls out of the tube. Um, onto the floor. Tink, tink, tink. The councilman doesn't pay any attention to it. He unfurls the scroll and begins to read. I, Petrus Lormor, being of sound mind, do hereby commit this parchment, my last will and testament. Uh, let it be known, with the exception of the specific details below, I leave my home, my personal belongings entire, to my daughter Kendra. Use them as you see fit, my child. It beyond the bequeathing of my personal effects. This document must serve other needs. My spellbook. I leave this to my long-time, semi-competitive partner in the pursuit of knowledge, Adivian. May you at least keep this as a small token to remember me by. Kendra brings a, a wide-brimmed book with, like, pages sticking out of it, and it has the professor's seal on the front cover. As she walks it past and hands it to Adivian, 
for the first time since he started reading Sidril's eyes kind of light up and he's just almost drooling over this book as it passes by. Nice. He, um, he takes the book, he quietly nods, he just puts it under his arm, doesn't even look at it. Says, to Professor Kroon, my dear friend Horace, we were gone through a lot together, and I leave to you the final draft on that project that I know you've been struggling with for many years. I made some adjustments, so I think it will suit you quite nicely. Kendra pulls a scroll case out from one of the shelves and hands it to the old man. He's wide-eyed and like, oh, I, this is a most unexpected. And I, thank you. He immediately like pulls it out and starts looking at it. He says, and to my old friends, uh, you may be wondering why I asked you here. But there are few others who are capable of appreciating the true significance of what it is I have to ask. As some of you know, I have devoted many of my studies to all manner of evil, that I might know the enemy and inform those better positioned to stand against it. For knowledge of one's enemy is the surest path to victory over its plans. And so, over the course of my lifetime, I have seen fit to acquire a significant collection of valuable but dangerous tomes, any of which, in the wrong circumstances, could have led to an awkward legal situation. While the majority of these remain safe under lock and key at Leopardstadt University, I fear that a few that I have borrowed may remain in a trunk in my Ravengrow home. While invaluable to my work in life, in death I would prefer not to burden my daughter with the darkest side of my profession, or worse still, the danger of possessing these tomes herself. As such, I am entrusting my chest of tomes to you posthumously. I ask that you please deliver the collection to my colleagues at the University of Leopardstadt will put them to good use for the betterment of the cause. Yet, before you leave Leopardstadt, my friends, Flora, Ozil, Stormak, and Sidril, there is the matter of another favor that I must ask of you. Please delay your journey one month spend that period of time here in Ravengrow to ensure that my daughter is safe and sound. She has no one to count on now that I am gone, and if you would aid her in setting things in order for whatever else she desires over the course of this month, you would have my eternal gratitude. From my savings, I have also willed to each of you a sum of 100 platinum coins. Wow. For safekeeping, I have left these funds with Embrith Daramond, 
one of my most trusted friends in Leopardstadt. She has been instructed to issue this payment upon the safe delivery of the borrowed tomes no sooner than one month after the date of the reading of this will. I, Petrus Lawmore, hereby sign this will in Ravengrove on this, the first day of Calistril, in the year 4711. Wait, this will was signed like three or twenty days ago. Astute observation. Oh, creepy. Has anyone said how the professor passed? Not really. Nobody has, no. That's um, something we should look into. After reading that will, the councilman looks into the map case, peers into it. He says, oh, it looks like there's something else in here. And he pulls out, there was stuffed in there a little bit, four envelopes. And they have each of your names written on them. He's like, I imagine this is for you. He passes them out. And they each contain 2,000 experience. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be nice. They're sealed with a wax, with Professor Lorimer's wax seal. And they have your name elegantly written on the front of the envelope. Yes, well, I believe that is the extent of my duties. And uh, it is getting rather late. And I, I must be getting home. I... Sorry again for your loss, Kendra. I will, uh, I'm sure, see you around. And he kind of waddles out the door, as, still dripping wet. As that guy's leaving, uh, Stormak goes and picks up that key as if to say, like, oh, we forgot this, but I guess the guy's already out the door. So no sleight of hand, uh, no stealth. Stormak picks up that key like, you know, this was clearly dropped. Um <clears throat> And, but I guess the guy's gone already. Kendra will be like, oh, oh, I'm not sure what that is to, but perhaps I should hold on to it for now. Yes, here you go. Cedriel's already ripping open his, his uh, envelope. You see, um, Adivian uh, looks around at the room and he tips his hat and he says, Kendra, my dear... I must be off. I have much travel ahead of me. Perhaps uh, if you uh, come back to Leopardstad, we must have dinner. She says, yes, of course, Mr. Edgerson. Uh, it would be my pleasure. Thank, thank you so much for coming such a long way. And he tucks the book under his arm and he walks out the door. Wait, that guy's name is Mr. Adjacent? No, Adjacent. Oh. I thought you were just missaying adjacent. That would be funny. Sidriel, you rip open that envelope, and there's a large card within it. Do you want to describe what it looks like? Sure. So I, I open my my envelope and pull out the card, and I guess on the uh, front side of it, there's a uh, what appears to be a cricket dressed as a magician shuffling a deck of cards with a rapier stabbed into what I can only describe as a giant fruit. And there's a picture of a key 
and the top center of the card. Ooh. That sounds important. The cricket is emblazoned. Emblazoned? Written. Emblazoned. (laughs) (laughs) Emblazoned sounds about right. Emblazoned, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's no note or any anything that comes with it. It's just this card. Flora will open hers. You also receive a card. Aww. Kendra is curious and walks over. Is like, what? Do you... Would you mind if I asked uh, what what he gave you? Um, that, that looks like a Harrow card. That's, that's quite interesting. I, I can't think of any reason why he would give you that. And, uh, what does your card look like, Flora? Uh, it looks like a gentleman whose, um, handcuffs have just been broken. Like, almost magically? And it's titled The Big Sky. Um, and it has a hammer in the top right corner. Do the rest of you open your envelopes? Um, I'm not going to. Father Ozil is going to tuck that into an inner pocket in his uh, funeral gown and look around and and look specifically at uh, the professor's daughter and say, You know, Kendra, rarely do I find a man who's willing to engage in hard, solid thinking. Usually there's almost a universal quest for easy answers that are half-baked solutions. Nothing pains some people more than having to think in this world. I appreciate your father to the nth degree, and I am so sorry for your loss, but I must retire. If I am to stay here for another month, I must plan for my being. I must bid you adieu. Um, yes, uh, of course. Um, of course, I, I should say that it wasn't very specific in the will, but you are all quite welcome to stay here if, if you are planning on, on staying. Um, I will clear a room for you uh, upstairs, um, each of you. I'd, it, should you decide uh, to stay, I, I couldn't. I'm surprised he asked so much of you, but you are welcome. Well, I I paid for the night at my hotel, and I feel like I should spend it, considering I do not have very much money. I feel I must go collect my things. Yes, of course. Uh, do as you will. Um, like I said, you're all, you're quite welcome here, but no. No obligation. Um, Horace says, I, My dear, it's just a bit late uh, for a man of my age as well. I, I should I should be leaving. She's like, are you sure? Do you have a nice nice room? She's like, yes, I'm, I'm staying at the Outward Inn down the road. It's quite, quite nice accommodations. It's like, well, Thank you so much for coming. I, I don't know when I'll see you again, but it was quite nice. 
he packs up the big scroll that he got and put it in the case and, and he gets out of here. Um, and Father Ozel is going to head out and is that what you're telling me? Yeah, he's going to go back out and uh, go back down to the um, he's had a long day. It's uh, kind of fucked up. So he's uh, yeah, he's going to go home. He had to beat up some dude in a cemetery. That's not his normal gig. Right on. So, do you say anything to the rest of uh, people? Or you just say goodbye to Kendra? Uh, I would, of course, address the uh, rest of the party. Good night. I must go rest the old bones in preparation for figuring out what I should do in this old town. I must move all of my stuff, uh... Please enjoy your night. Good night. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, good night. Bye. We're right back into the boat. I mean, the problem is, Zidriel is probably older than I am. Probably by a good eight years, And he's still yeah. like a young buck. <laughs> Kendra's yeah, like, Zidriel's uh, kind of like walking past you with a book in his hand, like laying his bedroll down on that rug up in the library looking room. Sticking a blanket yeah, like, behind his head like a pillow. He's just—he's like, I, I get to stay here for a month. All right, cool. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna love this shit. Um, Kendra says, uh, "If if you like, I, I I plan on making a big breakfast in the morning. Uh, if, if you like to return, more than welcome. But have a have a good night. Thank you, thank you so much again for everything." Uh, of course, I ap- I appreciate your hospitality. It is. Uh, very welcome. It doesn't seem like I am welcome around here, but people are trying their best to do with uh, what they can with me, so I appreciate your hospitality as much as I possibly can. I shall see you in the morning. Of course, I, I, I hope so. Any friends of my father are friends of mine. Maybe I can share some stories and I can introduce myself more fully. Yes, sir. I think that would be nice. Perhaps over breakfast. Is that uh, when the when the crow cries, or uh, I don't know what time is? Do you guys do military time <laughs> around here? I'm I'm confused. I don't. Uh, pocket watches are very expensive. I don't know uh, what time is. <laughs> it'll be four and a half fingers. Oh, four. Yes, I shall see you at four and a half fingers. Yes, well, I hope you get rest. I shall. Okay then. Good night already. <laughs> get out. Oh, yeah. well, maybe just one more good night. <laughs> um. So he leaves. Um. Roll me a perception check, Father Ozel. Uh, eight. Okay. Father Ozel leaves. And um, Stormac, Flora. And Sidriel, oh, Sidriel went to the library. Yep, he's he's already set his bedroll down. He's got some books stacked up next to him. He is ready he to go. Instinctively knew where the library was. Uh, <laughs> he was Sid rummaging out on our way in here. Sidriel, why don't you give me a perception check? Ooh, the library's trapped, buddy. That is a nine. Okay. 
So Stormac and Flora are still in the dining room. I'll take you up on a room. Yes, um, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with myself uh, or this house. If you could lend a hand uh, and you're trying to stay for the month like my father requested, I can definitely make you very comfortable here. There's several rooms upstairs. If there... Well, if this house is too big for you, uh, the professor had an apartment in Levittstadt. Yes, yes. Um, I, I'm sure that will be next on my list of things to deal with after I take care of business here. She looks tired and stressed and, like, overwhelmed. Uh, I I feel like I must get some rest as well. Um, perhaps, perhaps I can show you two rooms. And, uh, they should be well enough for you to sleep in tonight, and then I can make them a little more comfortable tomorrow. Uh, is that okay? That'll be fine. Yes, thank you. So she leads you guys upstairs, up the steel spiral staircase in the front of the house and shows you to some really nice rooms um, big beds um, there's like a really nice desk with a huge mirror in it like a, a vanity I guess is what you'd call it um, lots of dresser space closet space and it's all ready ready to go on, on his way upstairs uh, Stormac will also grab a couple books, uh, not necessarily any particular books, just, uh, just you know, casually uh, as he walks by a couple books, he'll, he'll grab two books and, and uh, that'll be his reading for the night, I suppose, or, or what have you. Um, Flora and Stormat, give me perception checks. Perception. Ooh. A two for a nine. Flora? I got ten. All right. So, Flora, as you're heading towards the staircase, you notice uh, a trash bin near the front door. And in the trash bin is what appears to be Professor Lorimer's spell book. Oh. Uh. Ooh. Dirty. I will scoop that up and be... Deeply offended. Wait, who would do that? <laughs> the guy that who was would... given it. No, I know, but who would fucking do that? They Spell were... books are like crazy expensive. It just decided disrespect. They were competitors. A fucker. Yeah, just fuck this guy. Maybe that's yeah, my... Fuck that guy. That'd be my guess. Well, I will dust it off and stuff <laughs> it in my bag. Okay. Good thing we all didn't flub that perception check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as you guys uh, get to your rooms I'm going to cut to Father Ozil Father Ozil where do you head after uh, you leave the house uh, I'm sure he took uh, checked into uh, one of the cheaper motels probably on the western side of town Alright, so, um, if you came to town and looked for a room, 
Uh, there would be only one in uh, in the uh, center of town here. Well, then I probably checked in there if they had a vacancy. So you start heading that way. Correct. Yeah, head. You know, yeah, head back home. All of his stuff is there. Uh, his stationery and his, uh, you know, his meager amount of supplies. That's the first thing you think of, stationary? He, what he's thinking about in his head as a character, if he has to stay here on the wishes of his friend, is that he needs to write a letter to his granddaughter to inform her that she's going to have to stay with the family that she's been left with for the time being. And so he's, you know, he's, he's a little pissed off. He got into a fight today. He is trudging through the rain. He learned that, you know, altruistically he needs to uh, go and, and be here for a while. So he's, uh, he's a little pissed off, for sure. Or just upset. So as you're walking through the rain down the road, give me a perception check. Ooh, nine. Okay. You get to the town square, right across from where the Outward Inn is. And you see a couple guys standing outside of the gazebo in the center of town, in the center of the town square. And they start approaching would you, you. Would you call it a brozebo? Now it is, yeah. Uh, they start approaching you, not saying anything. Uh, Father Ozel, you know, keeps his head down. He realizes it is a, in a strange town. Uh, he doesn't know the local population. He'll just try to uh, skirt by as much as he can. So you see them start walking a little faster um, without running or, or, you know, saying or doing anything outward. And then as you're heading towards the inn, you see a couple guys come out of the inn and stand in front of the door. You look behind you. There's a couple guys coming up behind you as well. Look like they've been following you for a minute. You find yourself kind of surrounded. One of the men standing outside of the inn walks up and says, Oi, sharp tooth! We don't take Conley or tops around here. Yeah, Father Ozel, after having the day that he had, something kind of goes through his mind, and he kind of, uh, this kind of pushes him over the edge a little bit, I feel like, and he goes, Oh, uh, are you, are you talking to me, uh, or was I just not minding my own fucking business hard enough for you, gentlemen? <laughs> Yeah, obviously not hard enough. Turns out there's no vacancy here. Oh, well, uh, that's unfortunate because I feel like there is a vacancy there when I signed up to get to my room. He, like, nods over to his friend next to him. His friend throws a bag at your feet into the rain. And it spills out, and it's all the belongings that you had in your room. 
Oh, you're stationary, bro. Your stationary is... It's, it's bleeding out. Well, fine. Maybe you gentlemen can help me clear something up. I heard an interesting rumor this, uh, this evening that, uh... For some reason, they had outlawed reverse cowgirl. And, uh, because you don't turn your back on family in Ustalov, uh... It's too bad that that went into effect before you were born, boy. <laughs> that was a very confusing insult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he does that face that the, the, the lady makes in the meme when she's doing all the math. <laughs> he's like, shakes his head, he's like, what, 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 whatever. Look. You're in for it. And you see the guys start crowding around you a little more from behind. He's like, better pack up and out of here. You're not going to be happy. I'm not sure I can do that, my friends. And then you see the man kind of look past you. And if you f flip around and turn, there's just a huge wooden plank ready to hit you in the face and vision goes black uh oh what's gonna happen to Father Ozel what's gonna happen to Kendra and the Lorimer estate what kind of mysteries are you going to uncover here in Raven Grow over the next month we're going to find out next week. Yeah. What's going to happen to that spell book? Don't worry. I got it. You're fine. Just got to make friends with the little girl. Shit's going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs>